The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's time for our weekly TV and streaming spot. Joe Shea joins us from Cork. Elaine Burke, editor of Silicon Republic, is with us. And let's start with the hardy annual, no, not Love Island, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which has returned to Australia with a gaggle of stars and failed politicians. (laughs) Elaine, how did it start last night? Um, Well, I can tell you that my mum, who's a massive fan, Really enjoyed it. Uh, her and all my aunties are delighted that it's back in Australia and not in Wales anymore. And they were excited to see some real bush tucker trials, as, as they were saying. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I thought it got a little bit boring and redundant. This idea of people jumping off the top of a skyscraper has been done. And we know nothing is going to go wrong. So where's the drama in that? I think the drama is just in watching someone unable to overcome a fear even though they know it's inherently safe they're not going to let anything happen to you that they can possibly avoid whereas Babatunde Aleshi one of those people who had to jump off the side of a building very quickly said I'm a celebrity get me out of here he just could not get past that step and I can understand it I mean it seems logical to me to not step off of a building even if you feel like it's going to be safe that's got to be a hard hurdle to overcome mentally True I wouldn't do it Uh, Joe Shade did you watch it? I lasted up until about the second ad break and I thought that skyscraper thing went on. It felt like I was watching it in real time, that I was standing there watching them make the thing. It just went on and on and on. And that's part of the problem with I'm a Celebrity, it, especially at the start. The start is a very unusual thing with I'm a Celebrity. It doesn't really get going until they're really, they really are deep in the jungle and the bush talker trials and all that kind of stuff. There is the kind of traditional, it is great to see it back. I mean, you know, people just want to forget that, that drafty castle in Wales that was just dingy and terrible and uh, and depressing during during the pandemic. Uh, it's it is good to see it back in in its rightful place. I don't know. I mean, the traditional criticism is you know you've never heard of any of the people on the show or very few of them. Boy well, that's George, not the I think, case this year. Yeah, no, and and Boy George, I think, could be a real star of this. I, I'd say he's going to you know he'd be. The, but Mac, Matt, hold Hancock, on a second, hold on. Before we get off, Boy George. Yeah. I mean, actually, is it appropriate that Boy George is one of the contestants and presumably getting paid? hundreds of thousands upon Sterling to do so because he is somebody who served a jail sentence. He is. And there is somebody, a man who's made claims, as a male escort, said he was chained to a wall and falsely imprisoned by Boy George in a London flat. Now, if a woman made allegations like that against a man, I can't imagine that that man would be on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah, and that's, that's that's a very good point. And, and traditionally, I'm not going to make the you know the, the counter argument to that. But I don't think there is a very strong con- counter argument. The only thing you can say is he did serve his time. He was you know he 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 uh, he did um, pay for his crime, so to speak. And you know there are celebrities out there that are well known that are successful that have that have done similar things. So you know it, it's it, it is a good point, but. Like I said, what do you I think, think Elaine? I'll go, go to Elaine this because he was yeah. jailed for 15 months, found guilty of assault and false imprisonment in yeah. this case, but given early release after four months. And now he's getting apparently half a million quid for going on the programme. Yeah, and I think that's what's really questionable about this is that it's not just that he's getting this platform on this show, because this show also is a bit of a for delisted celebrities and, and celebrities that are trying to make a comeback and kind of rehabilitate their image. That's quite a common feature of it but he seems to be getting special treatment as well like he's not doing any food challenges uh, because he's he's vegan vegan. and uh, he's allowed to bring his own clothes and hats which isn't typically what you're allowed to do on the show so he's actually getting high pay and a bit of star treatment on it as well so there's actually layers to it where he's probably not even doing the the kind of um, 
the masochistic element of it quite enough. And apparently the former health minister, Matt Hancock Joe, who is due yeah. to arrive, who's getting 400 grand, he'll probably be looking for an extra 100 to bring him up to Boy George's rate, has been allowed to bring his laptop with him so he can do emails. I mean, I wonder yeah, I, why, given that the Tories have thrown <laughs> him out for deserting his constituents. And Rishi Sunak was talking about him this morning at COP, you know, the, the, the most important climate conference of the year. And Rishi Sunak is having to answer questions about um, Matt Hancock eating um, kangaroo parts on, on, on TV. It is sort of bizarre. And, you know, parts of it, you know, if you remember kind of the early days as well of I'm a Celebrity, one of the kind of interesting things about it was that they didn't know how they were going across, coming across with the public back home. They were very much in a silo. They weren't being able to, you know, they didn't know what people were thinking about them or anything like that. Matt Hancock's going to be there on Twitter. He's going to be there on Instagram. You know, he's not just going to be doing his constituency work, which I don't think he's doing anyway. It is sort of ridiculous that they are kind of bending over and and making special allowances for these guys that they know are going to bring them a lot of headlines. Yeah. Who would you say likely winners are? Elaine? Oh, I would have probably said Olivia Atwood looked likely, but she's had to go home. Mm. No, uh, just for tell us who reasons. she is, because uh, she was, I think, designed, wasn't she, to bring in the younger Love Island audience? Yeah, so she was on Love Island, and then she went from Love Island to Towie, uh, which is still gone, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, but she, she uh, did well last night, but apparently she's had to go home. Uh, they haven't specified why, but there were some medical checks, and uh, she was spotted in an airport, apparently, as well. So she has gone home, it seems. Okay, and one listener, Brita, says, I was pleasantly surprised with Mike Tyndall. Not the stuck-up snob I thought he'd be. I loved the scenes with him, Eileen from Corrie, and uh, the Owen guy. It was hilarious. As it happens, I actually know Mike Tyndall, and he is not a stuck-up snob. He's nothing like it at all. He actually is great fun, and I think he'll be up for doing nearly every particular trial in the uh, in the jungle. What do you think of what this is likely to go, Joe? I think actually Mike Tyndall because you know at the start of these things you always kind of think oh yeah there's one standout and boy George would be the obvious sort of choice I mean huge name recognition we know he's got a very you know uh, likeable personality people have known him for decades but definitely Tyndall could be one of those kind of guys that just comes across it does it, I'm a celebrity does have a way of kind of finding people out and really kind of exposing them uh, you know, their, their true character and their true personality so Tyndall could be a good outside bet Okay now he, of course, is sort of a distant... He's married into the royal family. He's yeah. married to Princess Zara. Um, the Crown is coming back, Elaine, on Wednesday night. And it seems that the British media in particular is just outdoing itself to rubbish it in advance. Yeah, there's been some criticism for this series that the series hasn't really gotten before from the British press. And it's hard not to see that as in light of recent events, maybe... They don't see this show as favourably because as it's depicting. Yes, because it's depicting their cherished uh, now past queen. Um, I mean, a, a spokesperson for Tony Blair's. We've already had John Major, Judy Dench complaining about the like non-factual nature of the show, and now a spokesperson for Tony Blair, based on a scene between Charles and Tony Blair, is saying that the show is complete and utter rubbish, disrespectful, fiction parading as fact, and it's all just seems a bit overblown for a show that is fictional based on fact. Yeah, but Joshe, could it be that part of the problem is is that all of the stuff in the previous series was stuff in either distant memory or before yeah. many of the viewers were born, but this stuff yeah. is so recent that people have opinions and views on it. Of course, and it, but it does it does feel a bit like two former prime ministers. It does feel a bit like the British establishment kind of closing ranks here to protect their... It's a pylon. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And it, it does seem like a, a concerted campaign. It is striking as well that they're saying, you know, uh, it doesn't reflect reality. When we're talking about uh, the firm, we're talking about a royal family, dynastic family that has made a career and a living and a very good one out of portraying themselves as uh, uh, fiction. You know, as literally, I remember watching, you know, when it was in the 80s, talking about Charles and Diana and how it was portrayed as a fairy tale. Literally, the newspapers call it a fairy tale. They are a, a fairy tale family they're a confection they're you know ro- they're royals it doesn't really their, their actual story is really like i said a fairy tale so to be complaining about a dramatization of, of this and saying it doesn't really reflect reality is a bit of a stretch to me and and doesn't really ring true and doesn't make sense Okay, I see Dancing with the Stars, the identity of some of the contestants on the RT series, which I think will be after Christmas, is emerging. Panty Bliss is going to be one of these, it seems, Elaine. This is so exciting. So Panty Bliss is going to be dancing, I presume, as Panty and not as Rory O'Neill uh, with a male partner. And this is actually already happening with Dancing with the Stars in the States. Uh, Shangela, who would be a drag queen that claim to fame through RuPaul's Drag Race appearances three times, uh, is storming through the show in the States, performing really, really well week after week. So I'm really hoping Panty sticks around as long as Shangela has. You're looking forward, Joe, I believe, to Secrets from the Showroom on RT1 tonight. Yeah, I think it, this, this hasn't had a lot of pre-publicity at all. And some RT sometimes does this stuff with primetime documentaries. They just kind of put them on and they don't say a lot about them. But this is kind of what we know about it is it's going to be a, a kind of a fly on the wall look at secondhand car dealers in Ireland, right? So it, it's not going to be investigative. It's not hard hitting journalism from what I understand what the show is going to be. But I think it could be one of those kind of like nice slice of life fly on the wall documentaries with a, you know, a fairly rich secondhand car dealer. So you got, you got a, a a target-rich environment there, so it could be really good. I just I'm interested to see what they do with the subject because if, they, if it's done right, it could be a really interesting show. Picks of the week, Elaine. You're going for something that started last week. I've actually seen the first episode of this White Lotus. White Lotus, yeah. I think the first two episodes are now available on Now TV, or you can get it through Sky Atlantic. Uh, if anyone saw season one, Jennifer Coolidge, one of the guests in the White Lotus Hotel, is back for the new season, which is now set in Sicily, and they've got a pretty much an all-new cast around her, including Aubrey Plaza and Will Sharp as a couple. And I'm just hoping it'll be just as good as the first season. It actually, it's, it's engaging. It's light, it's fun, but it is, it is not bad at all. What's your pick of the week, Joe, please? Uh, mine started last week as well, but you can catch up on this on All Four, which is the brilliant, the best uh, uh, Channel 4, uh, Channel 4 uh, uh, playback uh, online thing, streaming service you can watch. It's Italian 90, when football changed forever. The first episode was on last Monday night. I missed it. A friend of mine told me about it in the pub the other night. And I went and watched it and it's absolutely great stuff. If you... If mainly because it goes back to Italian 90 and it's about the England football team and hooliganism and how Italian 90 transformed the English game. But you obviously get a lot of Ireland in there as well because the, the Ireland played England in Sardinia in 1919. The Irish fans are in there and they're contrasting the Irish fans who went out with a smile on their faces and hugged everybody and the English fans who went out in true bottles. It's a f- fascinating look back at, a, at, a, at an era that have a lot of happy memories for Irish people but there's no gone forever so it's called Italian 90 when football changed forever second part is on Channel 4 tonight 9pm Joe and Elaine Burke thank you very much for being with us The Last Word with Matt Cooper Weekdays from 4.30 Today